Hey guys, happy Tuesday. Welcome to the FPL Juice Show daily podcast. Hope you're all doing well. Um, it's a bright, sunny Tuesday. Looking forward to the live show tonight. So if you haven't joined us before, which I'm sure you must have, you probably wouldn't be listening to this now, but if you haven't joined us for the live uh, Juice Show, we're going to be on YouTube from 6pm tonight. We've got an absolutely massive show planned. We've got guests galore. So we've got um, FPL Greyhead and um, we've got Boris Bodega joining us to chat about Fancy Football Scouts Community Tournament. So that'd be really interesting. And we've also got FPL Blackwolf joining us all the way from the US of A to chat all things FPL, uh, USA meets and, and all sorts of interesting stuff um, that he's going to tell us and fill us in a bit of Wolves info as well. A lot of people are thinking about Neto. Um, is he going to be worth it? We'll have a chat to him and see what his thoughts are. Also, we've got the graduates in the studio. So we've got Ben and Josh from FPL Graduates. Absolute legends, these guys have been on the show a few times. They are the TikTok kings of uh, FPL, it's fair to say. So it'd be great to see them back and have a catch up with them and see how their drafts are looking as well. Today, I want to have a quick look at Newcastle. So obviously a massive takeover for Newcastle last season and it was really was uh, a season of two halves. You can see a really, uh, it was night and day really, the difference between that Steve Bruce team that was struggling um, at the start of the campaign last year compared to the one that Eddie Howe got them going on in the second half of the season once they made a few key signings, really, really good, solid signings like Bruno and Trippier, players like that. And they seem to have added to it uh, over the summer as well. So be interesting to see how they go. I think they're going to be a fairly solid um, mid-table team, if not even maybe pushing for those Europa League spaces. However... You never know with Newcastle, they're so uh, up and down, but it'd be interesting to see. And um, certainly there's a few players that I'm considering picking for my FPL team. So I thought I'd run you through the options now. So first up, we're going to start in goal. We've got uh, Nick Pope, 5.0. He's still only 5% owned at the minute, which is initially you think it's a bit of a shock. He's always been a bit of a cult FPL uh, hero, Nick Pope, especially... Obviously, for Burnley, with all those save points that he racked up every week, the bonus points that he would um, week in, week out secure for for that Burnley team. He didn't have a lot of competition around him at Burnley, it's fair to say, in terms of people that were going to steal that that crown away. Because ultimately, Burnley were a team that tried to grind out results and but they did concede a lot of shots from distance, which he used to pluck out the air and, and pick up the save points quite easily. However, now he's at Newcastle, they're going to be a bit more attacking. I don't know if they're going to be um, playing in the same style that's going to allow so many shots from range, so they might be a little bit more space to, to, for people to get at him. However, he's a great save, a great reflex keeper, as we've seen over the years, so he hopefully will still rack up some save points. The 5% ownership is probably down to uh, Mendy at Chelsea, of course, who is the same price and an absolute steal at that price. So... He's um the last two seasons Nick Pope has been priced at five point five. So interestingly, he is cheaper than he's been for a long time. Um, however, there are so many other options, and as we know, keepers this season have all been priced down slightly from what they were. So I guess um it'll be one to watch. But there's no if you uh, I genuinely feel if you stuck with Nick Pope as your set and forget keeper, um. I don't feel there'll be a huge amount between him and Mendy come the end of the season, but the safer pick is probably uh, Mendy. But if you don't fancy that new look Chelsea defence, obviously bringing in key personnel into the centre of defence with Rudiger and Christensen gone, uh, maybe a new system as well. 
he might not be the worst punt to go for. If you fancy a bit of stability, Nick Pope, he's delivered year in, year out. He's definitely um, one worth considering. Um, into defence, the standout player for me is Kieran Trippier. He's definitely a player that I've had pretty much in 95% of my drafts. 5.0. Um, I would think he would be priced more than that had he not been injured last year. Because the way he started, he was absolutely on fire for Newcastle. Came in at 5 million. If he'd have been carried on going the way that he started, I think he would have ended the season at sort of around about five and a half and probably been priced at five and a half for this season. Um, Certainly, if you're looking at Perisic at five and a half, you would think um, that you would see Trippier at the same sort of price. He is on free kicks. He is on set pieces. Um, He's got a goal in him from a direct free kick as well, as we know. Um, I do think he's potentially underpriced, and that's why I'm going to have him in my team um, pretty much almost certainly uh, the only thing is a little bit of a worry obviously he hasn't played a lot of football um so it'd be interesting to see how he comes back but certainly i think he's going to have a great season especially now with this team shored up uh, in defense they were they're one of the best teams defenses in the league um from sort of the calendar year of 2022 so if they continue how they were i suspect Thoroughly, thoroughly um, suspect they'll have a great season. And a couple of their defensive assets could be worth splashing out on. Um, obviously, Matty targets the other wing back um, or full back, should I say. However, at 5.0 as well, I think he's slightly overpriced, um, possibly by point, uh, point 0.5. So I'd definitely go for Trippier. Um, Sven Botman's their big signing in defence. And I say big because he's, he's nearly two metres tall. He's an absolute giant on the pitch. Um, signed from uh, Ligue 1 last year. So he managed uh, three goals and one assist from 25 appearances. Um, he is tall. Um, like I say, he's going to be an aerial threat. So we may well see um, a possible threat from him. As and if, and if Newcastle do start keeping clean sheets and let's say Chelsea or um, Liverpool or Man City don't keep clean sheets and keep conceding goals, then maybe you can think that... He might be a player that someone might go, do you know what, I'm going to abandon big at the back, drop one of my big premium defenders and go for someone like Sven Botman or indeed Lewis Dunk or Tyrone Mings or one of these 4.5 players. So there's going to be a lot of them in the same price bracket and definitely a few to keep an eye on. So it'd be really interesting to see how Newcastle get off. Um, on to midfield. Um, they've got a couple of options here. So certainly Bruno came in. Uh, he was one of the signings, obviously, I mentioned came in uh, with Eddie Howe when he took over last year and, and everyone loved him. The fans have taken to him so, so well, Bruno Gomerish. Um He's only 6.0. He scored five goals um, last season in just 1,000 minutes of football. So if you extrapolate that to a full season, you're looking at potentially, it doesn't always work this way, but potentially sort of um, 15 goals a season. Um, whether that will be the case, that seems a bit of an ask. However, he does seem to be far more creative than we gave him credit for. When he first came into uh, came to England and we were, as FPL managers, trying to sort of read about what sort of player he was and how he performed, all the signs seemed to be that he was very almost defensive um, and sort of a ball keeper and more like a Michael Carrick sort of role. But he does seem like he's got a bit of flair. So he might be one to watch. And I certainly think at six million, a very, very good choice and definitely worth a punt. So I'll be keeping an eye on him. Um, the other midfielder that are back into midfield, should I say, from last season when he was priced as a forward uh, was Alan St. Maximin. Now, ASM is six and a half. Um, he's one of those looks lively, looks like everything's going on around him, does a comical amount of stepovers. Um, but 
I think 6.5 is way too much, if I'm honest. Last two years, he's been five and a half. Six and a half puts him up against Rashford, puts him up against James Ward-Prowse, um, even Christian Eriksen, if he's playing at Man United every week. You know, he, he's not in the same calibre as those players, in terms of output, at least, anyway. Um, and even more than him, he's 0.5 more than people like Ben Rama, um, Emil Smith-Rowe, Martinelli, Conor Gallagher, if he gets a move, all of those sort of players. So I just think that ASM's probably one to avoid um, this this time round, sadly. Um, and on to the strikers. So we do have one of, uh, again, an FPL cult hero, Callum Wilson, seven and a half. Um, I think he's a great punt. If you want to save a bit of money, however... He is injury prone. We know this. Callum Wilson is one of the most injury prone forwards in the game. He's got legs made out of Rivita. He's constantly picking up niggles and knocks and, and long-term injuries. He scored eight goals last year. We know it's so frustrating. We know if he could remain injury free, he's probably a 15 to 20 goal a season striker every single year. Sadly, because of the injuries. We've never got to see that really. He's only had one season where he's managed to do that um, when he was at Bournemouth. But um, who knows? He, he, he can definitely be worth a punt. If you get on him and he's in a little streak and he's not injured and he's fit and playing well, he's definitely worth every penny of that seven and a half. Um, but what I would say was if you are going with him as a striker, you cannot play a 4-5-1. You're going to need other strikers around and a strong bench if you're going to go with him. You want him as backup to a Jesus or Haaland or Kane um, or no players like that. You do not want him as your lone striker trying to go super big at the back in midfield because the chances are at some point you'd have to tear up the structure of your team to uh, facilitate bringing in another striker. So for the minute, I would say he's a definite one to watch. Um, but if he's fit, come the eve of the pre- of the uh, of the FPL deadline, he might be one that's worth uh, trying just to free up a bit of funds and go for a bit of fun elsewhere in your formation. But um, for the moment, let's just see how he gets on uh, and survives pre-season. Cool, guys. That's my roundup of Newcastle. Um, we'll be chatting in depth more with the uh, FPL graduates, as I say, on tonight's uh, FBL Juice live show on YouTube. So do follow us there. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the channel. And make sure you hit that notification bell so when we go live at 6pm, you'll be one of the first to join us. And you can obviously have your say on the stream as well. Um, look forward to seeing you shortly. A few hours time. Make sure you jump on the Juice phone as well. Give uh, James lots of admin to do. Get your questions in. Get your drafts in. And we'll review them all on the show. See you tonight.